You're listening to Music Growth Talks, the podcast for musicpreneurs, with Andrew Apanov. Hello everyone, Andrew Apanov here, and you are listening to a new edition of the Music Growth Talks podcast. Welcome all the new listeners of ours. I really hope that the fact that we are now on uh, Stitcher and TuneIn um, helps new folks among you to uh, discover us. Uh, as a reminder, uh, all new episodes are now also on our YouTube channel. And we're, of course, still on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. You can subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast app uh, through the RSS or Apple Podcast link. Yeah, so I'm thrilled to finally get to, uh, to the topic of uh, this very episode. Uh, my guest today is Nathan Hanks. Uh, a founder and CEO of Music Audience Exchange, or Max in short, uh, a very interesting, fascinating company working uh, with brands and musicians. So it's uh, a music promotion for brands, as they call it. Um, check out their websites. Uh, the link is in the show notes on datamusic.com and, uh, uh, and you can just look it up, Music Audience Exchange online uh, it's a you know very straightforward website as well musicsexchange.com and uh, you may still have questions after um, watching their uh, intro videos and reading uh, you know the explanations on the website everything is quite straightforward but still it's sort of optimized for brands and if you are actually a brand looking to partner with music artists and uh, you have very specific idea of uh, how it target audiences and so on, then yeah, so definitely reach out to the guys here. Uh, knowing that most of you folks are musicians uh, interested in this platform and what uh, Nathan and uh, Music Audience Exchange do from a different perspective, um, just listen to this episode. It really helps and it helped me to understand how it all functions a lot more and uh, uh, and actually see that they mean it when uh, they say that uh, they, they, they work hard to help musicians just as the brands. Yeah, I don't want to spoil it for you really. Uh, Nathan does a great job explaining it all. This kind of new, uh, new format of uh, partnerships between uh, lifestyle brands of brands of any kind really and musicians which is a more authentic uh, human way not just doing straightforward ads but you know, brands investing in uh, buying radio play for musicians or uh, sponsoring a proper music video and not just a video ad and things like that um, so yeah even if you are not necessarily uh, ready to uh, to to be part of a campaign for Max. I'm pretty sure you will discover some interesting ideas here. So listen on our podcast interview with Nathan Hanks from Music Audience Exchange. Nathan, uh, welcome to Music Growth Talks. I'm uh, thrilled to welcome you on the show. Thank you for agreeing to be my guest today. You've got it, Andrew. Glad to be here. So. I'm really looking forward to talking about um, your company today, and I, I'm really excited to talking about 
Music audio on the exchange in the context of uh, how you help uh, musicians, because still, as I mentioned to you briefly, most of our listeners are indie musicians. At the same time, I've, I would like to, um, to ask you to introduce music audience exchange from a uh, brand's perspective, what you do for brands specifically, because A, I do believe the, uh, this show may reach someone who will be interested in your services, and B, I really want to understand it. I really want artists to understand how it works. Uh, and maybe before we get there, I'm just uh, asking you about that a bit too soon, probably. Do you mind just uh, sharing uh, a little bit of a uh, background, a short version of your journey in the music industry? Yeah, sure. So, you know, way, way back, my family on my mother's side are all working artists and really educated folks, went to, you know, great school the LaGuardia School in New York and Manus. And my mom went to the Lee Strausberg School for Acting. And, and you know, I, I saw them, you know, work in the industry and always had in the back of my mind just how, you know, how difficult it is to do marketing and promotion if you're, uh, if you're an artist. Now, I'm 44 years old, so we're talking about something that happened, you know, decades ago. But um, in the music industry, some things have really changed. For example, I can remember getting into a 24-track studio years ago with a band and it was an amazing experience. Today, you know, the ability to, to make great music, not necessarily to like compose it, but to actually produce it, you know, the, the threshold has come down. Same for distributing music. You have platforms like TuneCore and CD Baby, but still the access to mainstream, I like to call it airplay, but a lot of that is digital today. Yeah. But to media access to promote music, still very difficult to come by and it's still pretty locked up. And so, um, that was, you know, always something that was in the back of my mind. But I didn't go into the music industry. I went into uh, the manufacturing software space. I ran a search consulting and then a software implementation firm that was uh, pretty successful. Came out of that in 2003 and co-founded a company called Reach Local, which was a, a digital market. It is a digital marketing company for local businesses that we built for 10 years. Became a big business. We went public in 2010. 2,300 people in 1,500 in 15 countries. 25,000 small business clients around the world. And that was an amazing experience. I came out of that at the end of, um, after 10 years, we had a half a billion dollars in revenue and uh, been there 10 years. I was working on a couple of different projects, some through angel investing, a couple of um, startups that I was interested in. And one of them, I had a couple of folks sitting in a room working on some experiments around marketing music. And that's, you know, wasn't very simple. There were a number of things that we sort of saw while running these experiments that told us that there was a pretty awesome opportunity to bring together brands and artists to do music promotion. And so Music Audience Exchange, we call what we do music promotion for brands. It's both to the benefit of the of these what we call breakthrough artists that we'll talk about a little bit more later, perhaps, yep. and also brands who are having an increasingly challenging time getting the, the people that they really want to reach to pay attention in a very... Uh, you know, where there's a lot of noise today in uh, in media. Yeah, I did read uh, the kind of uh, re- re- a bit about your your background so, uh, beforehand, and I, I I should have clarified that. Uh, yeah, you you have experience in way more than just the music industry. I always try to bring attention to that fact because we really need more people like you coming from uh, uh, from other industries with uh, rich backgrounds and uh, bringing something fresh and new to the world of music, uh, music promotion in particular. And this is basically a, a sub, almost establishing a new revenue model for musicians, which is amazing. 
That's really impressive. And it makes sense in a nutshell about how brands can benefit from partnering with um, niche breakthrough musicians who already have their uh, audiences and uh, uh, but maybe not uh, the A-list uh, worldwide recognized uh, names just yet. But yeah, can you maybe mention specifically how it's been working exactly for brands? I'll give you the, the mini presentation less on, you know, normally you talk about the benefits of what you do. I'll get into sort of the, the sort of how it works. And so um, if you think about our ecosystem, and I'm, I'm going to give sort of a, you know, somewhat of a technical explanation here of how it all works. If you think about our business model, there are different stakeholders. Ultimately, who we, we end up really serving are audiences. So think about today, you know, the consumers, the people, people call them consumers. We're not, I'm not big fans of that. I like the, the term people, but people hear a lot of um, ads that are, you know, kind of annoying. And, you know, ultimately we want to bring these folks like more music and things they care about. And we think that that's important because of the role that music plays in identity. So when, you know, we, we did this really interesting study early on in the company that showed that um, if you and I share the same taste in music, we're more likely to believe that we share the same values. And if we have the same religion or come from the same country or, or like the same sports team, like music's that powerful of a uniter of people people. But from a business model perspective, who we're working with every day as a, as a B2B, a business to business company are artists. We're working with brands and we also work with media partners, people like the Pandoras and all the, the streaming services, right? The Pandoras, the Spotify's, the Facebooks and the Instagrams, YouTube for video, even radio stations. And, uh, and we also deal in live activations. There's of course, so, so those are the three, did I just say the three, the media, the brands and the artists, those yeah. are the three, the three sets of stakeholders. And when you go to build a company in the technology space, everybody, you always worry about sort of the, the chicken and the egg. Like how do you get one side of the ecosystem to move, right? How do you create sort of a flywheel or a network effect? You know, it's, you never want it to be hard to move more than sort of one of your stakeholders at a time. Plus really it's the brands that we're constantly evangelizing too. When we do outreach to artists, which we'll talk about in a minute, that's a really, really smooth process. When we work with people, let's say like Pandora, it's a very simple value proposition. We're going to basically replace a traditional ad with a piece of music that's perfect for the person listening brought to you by brand. It's the brands that we really need to go and, and meet with. From a perspective of what we do with a brand, to talk with them about music promotion as a means of reaching these audiences, there's two big pieces of technology that we've had to build. The first one is, how do you match a brand to a set of artists to reach a particular audience? And then second of all, it's like, how do you light up audiences, you know, so that, the, you know, to, to, how do you reach these audiences on behalf of both the brand and the artist? So let's talk about piece number one. When it comes to this matching, in order to do these matches, we started looking around at all the different data platforms that exist in music when we started the company. And there's some, there's a bunch of really great ones. Uh, probably a very famous one now part of Spotify is the Echo Nest. They're pretty incredible at things like if you like this music, you're probably going to like, you know, this this other music. We wanted to solve a very different problem, which is let's say that you're the Ford Motor Company and you're going to sell a new SUV. Let's say it's expeditions into these eight states to middle or high income suburban mothers that, you know, shop at these places and have kids of a particular age. Like, what are they listening to and who moves them from a music perspective? And so we embarked on the largest project at the intersection of psychographics and music. And it was a pretty big project. Like we started by saying, well, we've got to map who all the artists are in the world. And we have a team in Los Angeles. There's uh, 
two you know, PhDs that are data scientists and then a colleague of mine, Jeff Rosenfeld, that I've worked with for years. He's a Harvard guy that has spent his life basically at the intersection of music and data and a big team of engineers. And we started doing things like building a canonical list of artists and then doing writing natural language processing applications that looked across the web to categorize all these artists into different into different genres. And it's a lot trickier than it sounds because you take all these different cues from blogs and social pages and Wikipedia and articles. And if it says somebody makes, you know, like, you know, acid music, well, is it acid jazz or acid rock or like, how do you build that taxonomy? Then we started building out these surveys that we'd give to artists and say, hey, if your, your fans will take this survey, we can help you figure out which brands you should be talking to. And we started getting thousands of responses and these surveys take like 20 minutes to take there. Tell us a little bit about the, why you like this artist, what kind of music they make, what need state you're in when you listen, who are other similar artists, what other types of music do you listen to and why and when? And then questions like what type of car do you drive? Like what's your income look like? Are you married or single? What languages do you speak? And we're able to graph all that to get a pretty good sense of what type of genres and music consumers listen to. Then we started pulling in all this third-party data, streams and Shazams and, and purchase data. And then you start running it through Python applications where now you can start putting in attributes of an audience and we can get down to which specific artists are most likely to resonate with consumers. And then when it got really crazy was about a year and a half ago when we started pushing this stuff through neural networks and it starts to do, you know, nobody really understands what goes on in the brain of some of these uh, neural networks. And I'm not a data scientist, but the 750 genres that we were looking at turned out to be more like a thousand because there were these other sort of clusters of listening around different sets of artists that were interested. We started finding these pockets like, you know, Latin pop for young millennial females. And here are the artists that are clustered around that. So the AI starts bringing that back. And ultimately now we have a system, we call it our artist matching engine version three, that once we understand what audience a brand wants to move, they want to connect with, we can basically put those requirements in and say, here are the 30 artists in the world that we think most deeply resonate with that audience. Just one other caveat, our focus from an artist perspective tends to be on what we call breakthrough artists. And there's sort of an economic sort of set of reasoning here, which is if there are 0.8 million artists in the world and, or acts in the world, and that's how many we've identified, there are, call it several hundred, maybe let's be generous and call it a thousand that get more media and exposure than they ever need. Whenever they partner with a brand, they get a massive check written up front. And I would like to think of them, if you thought of them as like stocks, I mean, it's a little maybe of a, you know, just as a very uh, clinical way of putting it, they're maybe overvalued assets. There are probably right. a lot of artists that are so early career, they don't have audiences yet, but those 60 or 70,000 that are the top 2%, 3% or so, it's about a th- three, three and a half percent, those artists are actually undervalued. They have incredible shows they do. They have social followings. They make great video. Their music's terrific. They have a big social followings. Like there are real people that have these deep loves for these artists. And that's what we're helping uh, brands tap into. And we call that group of artists breakthrough artists. So that's sort of the front end of our business around how we do matching a little bit, maybe more of a technical primer than some would want, but Hey, you asked for it. So no, that's, that's, that's perfect. Really appreciate sharing. And that's, man, it's, it's operating with lots of data there. And you've done an amazing job here. It's, uh, what I've been thinking now is that you know more about uh, the artists' uh, audiences and fans than some of the artists do, it's, it feels like. Because 
this is uh, the exercise we've been doing with some musicians and trying to understand uh, their fans, what they are into and so on to deliver a more personalized content and to, well, re- research potential partnership uh, deals with brands and so on. But uh, usually musicians don't even know what uh, their listeners are into and you do. <laughs> do you know what's interesting about that point is, you know, part of the discipline, I think, of our company is that, you know, the, the reason we started the business is to help this group of artists, right? There's a, a colleague of mine here, uh, George Howard, that had this great quote when we were starting the business that we were talking about. And uh, George is one of our co-founders. And he said, it's, it's painful sometimes to think about all the lost, the great lost art, that song that you love that you'll never hear because it didn't get past the gatekeeper. Like we want to free all the, the great art that we can. Like that's why we started the business. But the focus today is literally around helping brands to reach these audiences and help with those inflows, those brands to actually be this force in music that we need to create more opportunities for these artists and, and talk in a minute about why this is so amazing for brands. At the same time, you know, we, we do spend time thinking about how do we just make this data more available for artists? It's funny because I think there are a lot of folks that have done some pretty interesting things. Like if you're an artist and you have social channels, you can go, you know, look at your social audience. I know that Pandora and Spotify are making data available. You know, if you're, you know, if you're doing downloads, you can go look at like who are doing these downloads. So I know that so many platforms provide data. I've been told that that our reporting, which I should send you some samples on, is is very interesting. We haven't freed this yet for all artists to look at, but at some point we should just make this available. And so uh, I don't mm. know. I think that there's maybe a, maybe a good idea in there. So uh, I think it's a good at idea. Some point, maybe we just open this up. There yeah. are some limitations to the reports you get from the platforms you mentioned, and we've been using quite a few uh, analytical platforms uh, for musicians, but there are some limitations, uh, specifically when you're trying to understand what uh, these listeners are into, besides you know, just the facts uh, of um, how many uh, likes they've, uh, you know, uh, they've came from you or, or streams on, on SoundCloud or Spotify or whatnot. So uh, it's really, there, there are some limitations to that. So that's very valuable and uh, it's a good idea if you make that available. So we'll keep an eye on that. Yeah, and uh, going back to uh, to what you mentioned at the beginning, it, 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 so it's about solving the people, the the just the audience, uh, and uh, here if uh, uh, fans of a particular band uh, see a promotion of a brand uh, they are genuinely interested in, because it's such a right fit for the artist, it's good for everyone, for the brand, for the artist, because no one will call them a sellout. Maybe just a few people will do, which is totally fine. And then for for the consumers as well, win 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 here. Uh, in my opinion, it's, at least it looks like that. Uh, do do you have any examples of the of the placements? I'm not even sure what yeah. uh, what to use here. Just just to get an, a, a better idea of how it looks like. Yeah, we should we should go through some real world examples, but let's do that part two. So part one is we've done the match. So we've gone to see our our brand. The brand has said, look. This is the it's not that simple. We meet with the brand. There's lots of folks that we meet with to get them to think about marketing in this new way. We'll typically show them the tools and show them which artists align with these audiences. Now we've got to go reach the audience. So let's talk about what this looks like. Let's say we're doing something with let's say we're doing something with the brand and let's say the brand, the brand might have the goal of and the, the goals can be quite sophisticated, by the way, driving people to live experiences. Maybe they want to get them out to like venues to sample beer or to get into a store to buy a product or fill out a form to test drive a vehicle. 
But we, you know, we gather these goals. We selected an artist or artist for the program. Now we're going to go make and distribute content. So the way our sort of supply chain looks inside the business is first thing would happen is all the artists that are identified that look like a match. And it's not just, by the way, quantitative, it's qualitative too. Sometimes we'll send a list of, you know, maybe we're picking six artists for a program. We'll send a list of 12 to the brand. The brand will go, yes, we like these. And then we will go off and we will we'll send a digital and RFP to these artists. So their managers directly will get a, a ping that says, we're doing something with XYZ brand. Watch this little video about music audience exchange. And you'll see that what's really cool is this is really brands, you know, making marketing about artists, not artists, you know, shilling, if you will, for brands. This is the brand we want to match you with. This is why we, what our data says, why you're a great fit. We want to know what song you're promoting and how you're going to clear it. We need you to schedule an hour to talk to somebody from inside of our team to make sure it's an authentic fit. And you're going to click this button because we're going to have to do a background check on you as well. And so there's this little digital process that goes down and that's how the artists will get narrowed down. We have a very, very high opt-in rate. So most of the artists that get a ping from us go, absolutely, this is a good match. I want to be involved. There are cases to your point earlier where an artist will say, you know, I, I don't do brand deals. It's, it's very rare, maybe one in 10. Or somebody might say, you know, it's interesting because I could see why you'd match me with this brand, but I really prefer this other brand. And artists are so good, we find, about having a lot of integrity about what brands they care about. Mm -hmm. Now, once that artist goes through the process, they go into our content team. So our content team is going to schedule time with them. And normally this happens, it's pretty awesome, like in a half a day where we go out and there's a whole video shoot about the artist. And it depends on what brand we're talking about and what, what the concept is, but we'll work with the artist to create, whether it's a music video, an informational video about them and their background. We get their audio and we create a promo that's gonna run an audio spot that talks about, hey, thank you brand for supporting my music. Here's my new single. We're working through the social posts. We're getting all the digital photography for the landing pages. We're talking through what's going to happen at the live activation. Typically, the brand will come and activate one of their one of their existing shows that they're going to be doing. And in a few hours, we put together this amazing amount of content that gets sent back here to, to HQ. And then that's distributed to all these major platforms. So imagine, Andrew, that let's say we're doing something with Coors Light and you're a, you're sort of a, you're you know, you're a, a 21 to 28 year old and I'm, I'm sort of making up this example, but, you know, 21 to 28 year old multicultural, you know, urbanite New York, and you turn on, you know, you're listening to Pandora or the radio or Spotify, and you hear an artist that makes your favorite kind of music. Maybe it's reggaeton, and maybe it's an artist you know, maybe it's an artist that you don't know, but that is literally we've selected specifically for somebody like you, and you hear, you know, hey, this is, uh, hey, it's Kevin Cosmos, and it's awesome to be working with Coors Light and talking about my climb and my music, check out my new song, XYZ, and come see me live this summer. And then it's a promo for the song, and you can click in and hear the rest of the song and learn about the artist. Like, that's the type of native experience that we want to create. Maybe you're going to YouTube to watch a video, and instead of seeing maybe a beer commercial before you would watch that video, now what you're getting is that brand, in this case Coors Light, bringing you a story about an artist that you know or we think is a great match for you who makes the kind of music that you love telling their story. That's just a much better ad experience than being forced to sit through a, a commercial. Yeah. Now, when you go to social media, instead of there being a post from a brand, there's actually a post from an artist that you're aligned with talking about the support they're getting from a brand. You come to the live show, 
there's a pretty good chance that, you know, that brand's going to be a pretty, that artist is going to be a pretty strong ambassador for the brand, which has all these benefits. And so what we want to do is we want to address you with music and speak to your identity instead of bashing you over the head with a brand message. And we want to do it through the artist channels instead of approaching you like a commercial. So I think one of the misconceptions sometimes people have when they hear about our business is they think that we're leveraging the organic fan bases only of the artists that we work with. And that's not why artists work with us. What we're really doing is we're taking the content from the artists. We're taking their music. We're taking their story, which is important to get out in the world. And we're taking the marketing muscle of the brand to reach very often new audiences for both the brand and for the artist. Right. Artists aren't coming to us. We're not trying to like exploit that a, a brand has a fan base. What we're trying to do is to very deeply align a brand with an artist who matches an audience and then take that artist to that audience so that the artist can get new fans. Right. It's a little gift for the audience and it's great for the artist. So what happens at the end of each of what we call a campaign every time that we partner an artist with a brand and note that some of these brands that we work with. You know, we've done now, I don't know, 300 of these campaigns since we've started and we're a pretty young company. So some of these brands are working with lots of artists. But um, at the end of each campaign, at each engagement, the artist gets a report, a digital report that says, here are the stations where your song was played and how many times. And here are the, um, you know, here's how many times it was played on each streaming channel and how many social engagements. And here's what happened at your live show. And here's what happened. At, uh, on social media and the brand gets one too. And there's really specific measurement for the brand in terms of how it's going to impact their bottom line. And so we're accountable to both the brand and the artist as our clients to show them the value they get from engaging with us. Excellent. I really appreciate you shared that uh, whole system. Uh, you answered a bunch of questions I had to you about how it works, but uh, it's very straightforward and clear. And it's quite amazing uh, what this part of uh, helping musicians reach new uh, audiences and giving them the data as well. Uh, it's, uh, it's very important because it's, I think it's oftentimes missing in these kind of partnerships between lifestyle brands and musicians where it's more about how the brand can benefit in a way and for an artist is just a monetary uh, value probably, but not always more than that. That's I mean, really impressive. Uh, I have two uh, questions some of our listeners may be having now. First uh, is, uh, is there a way to reach out as a musician or someone representing an artist? And I've read no question because I've seen it on the website, but uh, still how, how the process works. And the second question is, um, I believe you want to hear from artists who qualified and how to understand if one is sort of uh, so maybe qualified for uh, a potential campaign or not. Yeah. So uh, look, I-, I would love to have a business where we could just work with every artist. And if we talk a little bit later about what the dream of the business is or where we started, because we started with this very, and I mean, I think, still think we were a very idealistic company, but we started with this, you know, very, very uh, lofty ambition that we, we have to help all artists get their music heard. Because we think everybody, you know, deserves to be heard, deserved by the to be heard by the audience that they intend their music to be for, and to get data back on whether or not the audience receives it well. I mean, by the way, if you think about like my background, we spent hundreds of millions of dollars with, you know, let's say Google on behalf of small businesses, and it was amazing like how much feedback we were able to get from the market as to whether these businesses were aligned with the with their potential customers or not. 
And so we think music should work more that way. Why it doesn't work that way is a, is a whole other oh, yes. um, interesting co- is a whole other yeah. interesting conversation that led to us starting the business in the first place. But today we don't really go and outreach to an artist usually until we're ready to put them in a campaign. Like there's a big, as you know, gray market of people that will call artists and say, oh, if you give us money, you do this, you do that. We can get you heard. We can help promote you. Not only do we not ever ask an artist for any money, but the uh, we won't actually go to an artist until we have a brand who's in a deal with us looking to run a campaign. But in the meantime, if somebody wants to raise their hand and say, hey, if you have something that's a fit, I want to be in the front line, they can come to our site and sign up. And you know, we, we get a lot of those. We can't always get – everybody will get like some feedback from our team, but at least we know you're there. Over time, we want to open up more tools, and we have some interesting ideas that we could do to help more artists promote themselves. But today, who we go after is really driven by who our brand partners are and the audiences they want to address. Right. And by the way, I'd be, I'd be remiss not to say, you know, we work with a couple of dozen very big brands, but there are some that I would call out like Ford or Coors Light or Dr. Pepper that have been just so amazing about getting into our cause that not only are they helping us because it's good marketing, when you see a brand, you know, work with us, not just because it's good marketing, but because they really come to like love and support the artists that we partner them with sometimes in really deep and interesting ways outside of the campaigns that we're running. So one more question. Uh, one more question I wanted to ask you about is uh, how it's been working for musicians you've been working with and you've been involved in the campaign so far. So uh, I mean I can imagine that uh, for brands uh, the KPIs are quite straightforward in terms of um, sales and exposure. How has it been working for for musicians? Yeah, so we've worked so far with I want to say a couple hundred artists. Uh, it's probably a a bigger number now. I haven't done the like uh, gotten the exact tally here um, in the last you know couple of months, and I think it's been fantastic. So we do what we call um, NPS uh, surveys with the artists, where it's net promoter score. So we ask them from one to ten, like how satisfied and how likely they are to refer us to a colleague. And you know, it's funny. I've never talked to anybody about our NPS scores, but we got a positive eighty-five. It's from a negative one hundred to a positive one hundred. They're excellent numbers, and what we've seen is. There have been a you know a lot of really great benefits. We've had a number of artists that were doing no other marketing than their music, but working with us and a brand who have um, you know charted on Billboard, gotten key ads on big playlists or on you know on streaming services, or got played on you know um, you know like uh, you know got, got played actively on uh, I forget like on the Apple uh, the key Apple stations. And also we had um, I want to say last year six artists that got Grammy nominations clearly like they're making the great music, you know, we're, we're just lending a hand, but these incredible reels and campaigns are really a handy. We're told by these, by the managers and the publicists for being able to go and say like, look at the work that we're doing, look at this validation that we're getting and these uh, campaigns that we're being uh, brought into. So I think, I mean, I think the results have been, you know, overwhelming, but somebody from our artist team, particularly the gentleman that runs the artist team could probably give you a whole litany of these stories. But I mean, that's, that's what keeps us going is that the artists are, are saying that it's fantastic and they want more. We just want to create as many of these opportunities as we possibly can. I can see how it helps with live performance in particular for getting shows booked. Uh, These kind of, uh, and a social proof uh, is very important for uh, booking agents and promoters usually. So I can see clearly how uh, the results of uh, such campaigns have been affecting 
the amount of shows artists have been booking as well, so which is one of the key income streams. By the way, Andrew, we never like, I'm always careful because I don't want to take credit for anything a great artist does. So I'm speaking a, a, a bit vaguely here, but you know, we've seen where like ticket sales go up, you know, downloads go up, radio station ads because people call in and say, hey, I really love this song. What was it? We have artists that call us. I mean, artists that have like really significant followings freaking out because they're like, I can't get my song played on the radio and a brand is buying airtime for my song. You know, we've done um, these really interesting analysis. We had one with a major label that we did last year with an artist that had the number one album in the country. And we looked at all the markets where the brand was promoting them versus the artists where the campaign wasn't live and there was an 11% lift in those markets. So, I mean, it's, it's very significant and this is what gets us up in the morning. Brilliant. Probably one last question. Uh, it's just something sure. that you mentioned earlier in our conversation and I've just been quite uh, uh, curious to hear your thoughts on that. So you, you, you mentioned how it's like, you know, a dozen years ago, it was difficult to market an artist. And these days with such a high saturation in all the different genres, there are these thousands of genres. It's really difficult to, to just break through and get any kind of following for musicians. Do you have any, I mean, it's a bit of a broad question, but do you have any any thoughts on why so and any ideas on how we could improve that in the music world? Yeah, look, this is a, a really big one. I'll just make maybe some, some broad statements on this. I mean, first of all, there's just a lot of music, but there is no doubt that the music industry, particularly if you go back to like radio, and I think radio is great. I don't think radio is dead. I think radio's ad model is really hurting it, but I think there's ample audience for radio. Radio you know, first of all, isn't put together and, and artists still want to be on the radio, though radio tends to now, obviously, as you know, follow digital. But if we go back, you know, 5, 10, 15 years, radio didn't exist to really break new music. It, it exists to sell advertising. And we know that and we love the labels. We work we, and sometimes we work with the labels. We work with a lot of independent artists and a lot of smaller labels. But if you're not coming out of the major label, it's hard to get that airplay. You look at the streaming world. The streaming world is, is starting to sort of open up more. But getting yourself promoted and in front of those people or getting yourself in the culture in a place where you can be heard by the people that are sort of making the culture and making the playlist can be pretty challenging. And so, you know, I, I listened to your podcast with uh, with Sherry Hootke, where she talked about, you know, you've got to almost market yourself like a today, like a tech brand. Yeah. You know, most artists are not and most artists and managers have to do a lot. They're not all going to be chance the rapper like, you know, genius marketers. And so. I think one of the interesting questions is if you're not one of those, you know, top 1000 artists that are just having agencies and talent fees and TVs like throw money and and time at them, you know, what are the sort of what are the new technologies that are going to exist to support artists? I think the do it yourself, you know, tools are important, but I don't think a lot of, you know, artists are do it yourself marketers. They're artists. And so, you know, hopefully what our goal is to make one a um, very large contribution to artists in, in terms of um, in getting them more promotion. So we'll, we'll see. But uh, no doubt, I'd say a lot of music, a model today that isn't really designed always to discover new music. I think the streaming services are starting to crack that. And third of all, like, you know, the artists themselves are not, you know, they're not DIY marketers. That's one of the things that makes the label so successful. You could say the big advantage that labels have today still is that they're incredible promotional machines. And so, you know, hopefully we can, we can help, help both the labels and indie artists and make the world a little more democratic or, or more of a meritocracy around yeah. music. 
Yeah, musicians do need teams around them. They need uh, someone to to help them on this journey, especially when it comes to growth. That's why record labels still make sense. That's why we do what we do at the agency. That's uh, one of the things you mentioned. What this is what you are doing. You are essentially becoming sort of uh, a part of a team of an artist uh, while running a campaign, which is uh, quite interesting as well. It's a completely new model, and I think you've even emphasized that on your website that it's a new kind of um, company uh, when talking about Max. I really like to, yeah. to just say Max. And by the way, we got to evangel- We spent a lot of time evangelizing with brands for that reason because it's very different. And, you know, one other point about you mentioned the team. And today I've obviously focused pretty heavily on the, of the artist side of our business. But, you know, the manager to us is very important because the music industry, there's a lot of folks out there. There's talent agencies, there's touring companies, there's people that do syncs, and they're all very important. But we've actually seen like the manager, the artist manager is very important to us. And those are the, the people that, that want and need these sort of marketing opportunities for their clients. So it's interesting because we talk a lot about artists and no doubt, like we built the business for artists. But I would say the, the artist manager, specifically their day to day manager, is probably the most important artist side member of the Max ecosystem. That's a cool insight as well. Yeah, because I think things are still changing these days and maybe it wasn't as obvious uh some 10 years ago when uh people were talking how indie musician uh, there, there has been uh had been a lot of talks in the music uh, uh you know blogosphere in particular that uh, musicians can just do it on their own they don't need the record labels and the managers and so on and uh now we see the importance of uh, of a music manager uh quite clearly as well Anyway, so, uh, yeah, the great insights here. Thank you so much for sharing. Is there anything else uh, for our listeners you'd like to share? Maybe specifically for indie musicians. You've shared, I mean, you've shared so many specific and excellent tips already, but maybe you've got something else you'd like to mention? No, other than there's a lot of folks out here that are that are rooting for you. And, uh, you know, it's... Uh gotta have a lot of confidence in, in what you're doing and just keep on pushing and, and make the, the art that you believe in and uh, hopefully there's some of the folks listening to your podcast today that I'll get a chance to meet and work with in the future hopefully on both sides both the artists and ourselves will, will succeed the mission and get to work together at some point indeed indeed so yeah Nathan thank you for what you're doing and uh, for everything you shared with us today thank you Andrew Thanks to Nathan for all the tips and uh, insights and uh, the detailed explanation of how uh, Max, the platform, works. And uh, you guys for listening, really appreciate that. Really appreciate the feedback as well. So, uh, yeah, if you are subscribed to the email newsletter, which I hope that uh, you are, and if you are not yet subscribed, please go to musicgrowthtalks.com and consider entering your email address there. And... um, then confirming the subscription via email, you will receive double opt-in, GDPR, and all that stuff. Um, so please just don't don't miss the confirmation one. Um, yeah, so if you have any feedback, uh, just reply to the uh, newsletter announcement with this very show. Uh, it's the easiest way to connect with me via email. You can also hit me up on Twitter, leave a comment on SoundCloud, 
review on Apple Podcast is probably the best uh, thing you can do uh, to support the show via a feedback. So if you have something to say about a show, ideally something positive, then please uh, consider doing it on Apple Podcast. It may take, um, you know, uh, an extra minute, but uh, your rating, yep, you know, positive rating especially really means a lot uh, and helps the podcast to be discovered by other musicians uh, on on the platform and uh, yeah so I really appreciate that and of course please uh, be sure to check out uh, Music Audience Exchange uh, the links uh, are in the show notes at datamusic.com uh, just find uh, uh, this show 112 Music Growth Talks and uh, uh, if you have any questions uh, uh, I'm pretty sure uh, the team will be happy to answer them uh, if you hit them up on Twitter for example so I would I would consider doing that and there is a contact form so you can just drop them an email uh, and uh, you know just see if if uh, there is uh, a room for collaboration, maybe you already feel that you may be a very uh, right fit um, for uh, a potential campaign for your brand. So yeah, uh, keep in touch with everyone. Thank you a lot for listening and till the next episodes of Music Growth Talks. You've been listening to Music Growth Talks with Andrew Apanov. Find more episodes and subscribe at musicgrowthtalks.com